Welcome back to the Untitled Movie Podcast. We are finally back again with our special guest. My man Paul is back with us. How you doing? Hey, thank you for coming back yeah, home, man. Thank you for having me again. People, a lot of people liked it, liked your insights, man. Good. So, yeah, yeah. Like, Glad like to do it. Happy to. All right, Raven. What's been going on? Yeah, we just had our epic Halloween celebration a few days before Halloween. Um, as a lot of people know, my former roommate and best friend Tiffany and I are obsessed with cosplay and Halloween. So we just did our costume contest on Saturday. We were cast of the Lion King along with some other strong members of our crew and we t- placed top 15 in one contest and won first place in another. So kicked off Halloween a little bit early and enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, did you tell you want to tell everybody what you, y'all won as? Yeah, we won as the cast of the, of the Lion King. So I was Scar. Tiffany was Mufasa. We had a Nala in our group. We had one of the hyenas in our group. We had a zebra, Rafiki, and Zazu. Yeah, everybody was feeling it. Did y'all have every, y'all, who y'all didn't, who didn't y'all have? We did not have, who I would have loved to have was uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. That would have been great. So if somebody was here, they probably had some jokes that I wouldn't even do. <laughs> you already know I'm probably going though, but it's all good. It's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you go to my Instagram page, you can check out check out the costumes. Ms. Culture. Yeah, it was it was dope. I was so you tell people real quick who won because that's the oh that the is, girl you know. that won at Ballpark Village. She was the human claw machine. So like you see it in arcade <laughs> or you know carnival, uh, you can use the claw to grab a stuffed animal. She created a human claw around herself that was actually functional with stuffed animals in it. So I was it, fine with her winning. She she. So won. when y'all saw her, y'all knew it was over then. Oh yeah, yeah. We're like, all right, we just gonna bow on out <laughs> like the SpongeBob. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna head on out. She won. She got it. Yeah. She got it. There's a few years in the past I felt like we were robbed. We were Transformers. and we That Transformers year, I think y'all was robbed, though. Yeah, we were definitely robbed. I think we were even robbed when we were Nebula and Gamora one year. Yeah, there's no way that... Because you guys think... Did you see that one they had, Paul? They, they actually had Transformers, and they could transform and like kneel down and become the actual car. Yeah. No, no kidding. And no, then you stand up, and they were like an Autobot or whatever. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Because <laughs> yeah. you guys made those, right? We made them, yeah. We crafted them from cardboard and door How hinges long did take? and like a week and a half. That's still a long time to be sitting there yeah. cutting yeah. them together. Yeah. Some craftsmen, man. Some yes. craftsmen. So as you all seen the title, we're going to talk about Halloween and why not if we're talking about Halloween, having our local uh, Halloween expert or horror expert to come in with us. Um, Raven, you had a question at the beginning, of the everyone's Avengers of horror yeah. of, of horror yeah um, your, your avengers lineup of the of horror villains like if you you were going to create you know the best lineup of villains who would be part of your avengers crew all right you want to start i mean we can just go one each around uh, sure sure um yeah so um freddy krueger because i think that he's kind of charming and funny yeah, and too. of course brutal yeah. um i also think um I, i'd want somebody who is strategic too so i like jigsaw um and i think i mean and i love his uh devices and ways for killing people and the reasons behind it um pretty fucking scary <laughs> um reagan from the exorcist because you just can't define that yeah um and chucky <laughs> what is everybody's fascination with Chucky? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was never yeah. Like, you, you, you never no, I, I know yeah. you, like I always looked at um, 
Child's Play and Chucky is kind of like a the third rate, like, like kind of like the third wave of slasher where it was like mm-hmm. dying and, and they were trying to kind of capture Freddy again. They were trying to rebuild it back up. But yeah, but I do know that some people who I respect a lot, mm-hmm. like you, I know you mm-hmm. you like it a lot. Chucky but. is ruthless, man. Um, Chucky don't care. Though. Yeah, that's Ooh. what I. That's I mean, that's why he'd have to be part of my lineup. He's not influenced. There's no reasoning <laughs> with him. Like he wants you out, you're out, man. But he don't even. Does he like anybody but his wife? I mean, he barely life. likes he her barely too. He likes his wife, right? Yeah, so. no, you don't. I, I mean, I think it started out with him having some motivation and, and clear point, and then it just got stupid and silly. So I'm not talking about comedic Chucky. I don't like him. Um, I like the one from the first one because he still did have, you know, a purpose. Yeah, because he started getting ridiculous when it was probably with the ride of Chucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he wants to be human again, so he's yeah. trying to find a body to to capture, and so there's there's a reason for his killing. Then it just became ridiculous. By the time he got to Bride of Chucky, I don't really know what he was doing. Other yeah, then it was Seed of Chucky after that. Oh, God, that was ridiculous. And then they just they just rebooted it. Did you see the reboot? Yeah, I actually liked that. Yeah, I did too. With Mark Hamill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think Mark Hamill. I mean, he's a great voice actor, yeah. so mm-hmm. I think he did a great job he with it. He does the Joker well, too, and uh, he does it in the animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and in the video game, too. Yeah. In the um, or Batman video game. So he's, I like Mark Hamill, man. He's he's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, is that all yours? Yeah, I think that's my top. I think that was uh, five. Candyman for me, um, just because he just had a lot of reasons to be doing everything he does. Um, I mean, you kind of burned me up just because I wanted to date a white woman. You know, that's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's grounds for death for everybody around you. I mean, I'm just saying, y'all y'all put uh, hot wax on me and bees and just because of the person I love, that's not cool. You know, all right. Um, y'all can all die. Um, also, um, Blackula. No, I'm dead serious, man. Blackula was off the chain. He was smooth. He got he got Pam Greer in one of the movies. Okay. You know, and then he would kill people and then make them make them rise back up and be his slaves. Okay. Um, I forgot his name is Mamunda. I think it's my, then because they uh actually show you. Have you seen Blackula? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You seen the second one? Scream Blackula Scream. No. Where they I show just, his origin. I just saw the first one. Oh, where is, or is the first one is sick when they show his origin where he was uh where the original Dracula mm-hmm. bit him. So that's in Scream Blackula Scream. And so basically, he was like uh, another warlord, and basically, it was like the beginning of slavery. So he's like, oh, I'm going to take your people over, and I'm going to make you into a Dracula. And then he made him into a Dracula, I mean, made him into a vampire, and then um, killed his wife, and then put him in a um, crypt. Hmm. And that's how Blackula came about, because the United China, the man, you know every uh, ex-black exploitation is about the white man time to take over. Yes. So that's how they made it. So that was like, okay, black <laughs> is down with me. Yes. Um, um, also, um, uh, I'm trying to think of who's bad next. Uh, I don't like Chucky like that. <laughs> uh, Killer Clowns for Outer Space. Yeah. Man, those, okay. are sc- man, those are scary to me, man. I don't know what it was, maybe because I was a kid. You're right. Can I change mine? It. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> man, I have not said well with clowns in years, man. My <laughs> my gra- my not gra- my uncle was a rodeo clown, mm-hmm. so like it was just like horrific. I remember he when I was in kindergarten, he dressed me up as a rodeo clown, oh, and gosh. I was screaming at myself in the mirror, like, yeah, <laughs> like deep seated. Yeah, like it was like I was because it was ah, like I would go to the bathroom or something, to, like they went to like you know the little school dance thing or whatever. I'm screaming at myself in the bathroom. Ah, Clown. You know, a normal clown. Was this a cathedral? No, it was not a cathedral. <laughs> Everything is not a cathedral. It's all good. One but day, those of y'all that don't know, Daryl and I went to Catholic school together. Yeah, yeah, kids. yeah, man. You know, 
So those we got kicked out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I got kicked out. And I went to Yateman for a semester after that, and it changed my life. But um, that's a whole other thing. Um, I did like a killer clowns. Um, man, the white people in um uh, uh, uh not us and uh Get Out were scary to me. <laughs> Especially the little the little um uh Hitler looking kid. The one in the little, the red oh. mustache. He was yeah. scared off the jump. I the was brother. Like, oh, it's, yeah, something yeah. wrong yeah. with him. Like as soon as he walked out, like something's wrong. From X Men. Yeah, something's wrong with him. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, something's wrong with him. And um, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yeah, yeah, okay. Really good. It's a good lineup. Um, I would do Michael Myers. Um, Ooh, yeah. But, but it's funny because I kind of have like this love hate relationship with Michael Myers, and we were talking about yeah. before the show is that. I love him in the first one, and I love how he's just like this embodiment of evil. But then, like as the series went on, and it kept trying to give him motive, and it kept bringing him back for sequels, it really kind of <laughs> the sequels thing kind of. I mean, once it got to the point, the part where like Buster Rhymes is kicking him in the head, that's oh when it's all it's all Michael Myers. <laughs> that's when it, yeah. it was terrible. Um, when Tyra Banks was fighting him. Yeah, but in that first one. Um, he was excellent. So I, I'd put him. I would do Freddy, but specifically I would do Freddy because um, because Freddy's character kind of starts sort of underdeveloped in the first one, mm-hmm. where it, it, it he hasn't really like grown into. Um, you really don't get the motive. You know, you under, you yeah. get the motive, but you don't know understand the motive. Yeah, and he's kind of like stuck between being smartass, but also kind of being silent. Um, and and he he eventually embraces being sarcastic like he is but then it goes too far so to me the one that's just like the perfect medium is him and in, in uh, dream warriors okay um dream warriors that's the the welcome to primetime bitch yeah. mm-hmm. that's that's when he's like really um he's you didn't like four you didn't like um i mean i i like them because they're slasher movies and i like any sort of slasher movies but it, of yeah movie. dream warriors is when it just becomes Perfect. Also, Dream Warriors is just this great movie about substance abuse, and it's about yeah, it's all, all those yeah. kids, and they were all mm-hmm. in the mental institution mm-hmm. too, right? So that's I would. That's not the one Johnny Depp is in, is it? No, he's okay. in one. One. Okay, that's um, right. That's which is great. I mean, one's yeah. great too. Um, I would put uh, them. I would put this one's kind of a guilty pleasure, but I'm going to put Angela from Sleepaway Camp. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> just because she is mm-hmm. insane in it, and the ending is outrageous. Have you seen Sleepaway Camp? I have not. Okay, Sleepaway Camp is ridiculous. I'm not going to tell you the ending. Yeah, you should watch it and watch the ending, and you'll know why. Um, okay. But that's kind of a guilty pleasure. And then I'm going to put uh, Ghostface from Scream. Um, okay. Because I loved Scream so much, and I love like like Scream for me was just like this sort of like landmark film for me because the characters were all my age like like mm-hmm. i was in high school at the same time yeah. characters were all like exactly my age and it was at a time where i was kind of losing it with with horror because mm-hmm. the mid 90s was really bad mm-hmm. and it needed to go to this part that that scream goes to where it becomes more meta and, is, that, is that in uh if i can uh, i know what you did last summer kind of yeah so i, I know what you did last summer is kind of um the, the next step where, where they were t- taking the influence from scream and doing it and and, and i know what you did last summer's pretty good um but then after that it just kind of falls yeah. off the cliff mm-hmm. um but in that first one i thought it was so brilliant because it went back to making the killer a mystery because like in the early slasher movies like in the early 80s it was always like a mystery who the slasher killer was so even like in the first 
uh, Friday the 13th. It was like this mystery that turns out to be his mother. And then eventually it goes on. And then by like the mid 80s and the late 80s, the slasher killer is you just know who it is. It's Jason. Mm-hmm. It's Freddy. There's no mystery at all. That's gone. Mm-hmm. So Scream goes back to the mystery of that. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, it makes the villains look like who the victims would be, you know, high school kids who are usually yeah. the victims of these movies. It makes them the villains. It also makes the, the top suspect the. Uh, villain, which I really like that a lot. This whole time that like Billy, you assume that he is not going to be the killer because the whole movie points <laughs> at him being the killer, and it's like playing with your uh-huh. the way that you watch horror movies that turns him into being the killer. Plus, it makes two of them. Like there were so many smart yeah. things that that movie was doing. The first time I saw Scream, I was like, this movie is just yeah. next level brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put uh, him on there, and I'm going to put Candyman too because his motives uh, were. <laughs> felt in his yeah. <laughs> and it was like the kind of thing where you're like oh you're not really the villain mm-hmm. um Doing god's work <laughs> yeah so that'd be my list all right i like that yeah yeah so let's go on. you had list you got the list pulled up of the, let's just do the top 20 and let's discuss the top 20 horror films. sure because <laughs> sure. well, let, let's talk about our top five first <clears throat> do you have a top five i don't really know i have a top five man okay okay i don't really have a top five I okay. did mine last time. Yeah, so, yeah. So you guys did Yeah, yours. I mean, I, I did too, kind of, but I, I mean, I, I changed it after thinking a little bit more about it. And The Exorcist is still on my top five. <laughs> you really love The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was scary. Like, anything paranormal scares me. Um, so let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Like, yeah, what is it that gets you? What is it that, that you know, makes you afraid? And for me, it, the paranormal things, and when they stick with the paranormal theme, that scares me. Um, yeah, so The Exorcist scared me for that reason. Um, same reason that um, The Others and The Omen kind of got me, too. Um, Omen. Oh, man. <clears throat> but I also, uh, for me to truly be scared, I have to be able to empathize with the character. And I lose that empathy when I think the main character is stupid or I question their intelligence or they're doing dumb things because then I start to think you deserve this yeah yeah and so I mean even though like Friday the 13th movies are scary like they all kind of had the same formula and you know you know you know somebody's gonna get killed after they start having sex like it's and so like it it, it's suspenseful but it's not scary because I'm kind of like ah, that's what they deserve so the she movies that six in the middle of being running from a slash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I mean, I guess you know. There's the unexpected, and you're just going about your normal life, and you don't, you know, know that there's a killer out there. But as a movie watcher, you know that you know that this is what's going to happen. So for me, it kind of loses me um, when the characters are engaging in in, in dumb behavior. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the chase, and I and I like when the characters are smart and really fighting, which is why I would put the descent on that list now too. Um, I like strong women characters. Uh, and then you have this whole backstory, too, um, you know, because they're all supporting each other, you know, fighting these things in this cave. But then, you know, that they, they kind of lose that protective feeling when they figure out, you know, some personal issues that are going on between them. Um, so I had to bump that to the list. Um, another one that um, scared me was a movie I saw, like, in the early 80s. Um, I think it came out in 1983, and I think I saw it, like, when I was, like, seven or eight years old, called the called Testament. <clears throat> and it's about a family trying to survive after nu- after a nuclear blast. And it's just, like, the whole movie, without giving it away, just this woman is trying to protect her family, and her kids are just slowly dying. Oh, wow. And, That's uh, crazy. I'm a horror buff, and I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever heard of this movie. I don't even know if it would be considered horror, it's just fucking scary. Like, I don't, I don't even, I mean, it's not a slasher movie. 
it's slow moving, but it's still really good. There's still a lot that goes on in the silence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, it's definitely worth watching. And it is a movie that scared me and that I had dreams about oh, probably oh, oh. into my teens. There, there you go. Um, when you have when you have fear into your yeah, you, you know overnight, yeah. those are the ones that yeah. really didn't get you. Yeah, and then when you think about things that could actually happen, and this is the natural fallout of what could actually happen, I mean, that shit's scary as hell. Um, so if you haven't seen Testament, definitely go watch it. Um, I haven't seen it since I was, you know, a teenager. I think I've seen it twice in my life. And um, I almost like, I want to see it again, but then I kind of don't because I know it's going to be another trigger. Um, but yeah, absolutely wonderful movie. So other than that, my list from last year. 83, it's came out 83? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Costner is in it. Rebecca DeMornay is in it. Uh, Lucas Haas is in it. Other than that, there aren't any like super popular actors in it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what gets me, man, is the I'm not the jump scares. More the realism of stuff gets me. Like it used to be like the slasher stuff, like when I was a kid and being scared as, but. Now it's like the realism, like, man, could this really, really happen? Like, mm-hmm. one movie that scared me a lot was The Stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that miniseries? Mm-hmm. That's because one was, book I've not been able to make it through. Yeah, no, because <laughs> the book is even worse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, more like you're scared. You're like, man, this could really happen, man. Yeah. And that's what's, what's scary to me. Like, when you be like, man, I can really see this happening, that's when it's scary to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see these 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 things happening. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, one thing it's not necessarily subject matter but something that really gets me is when a film is just unrelenting and a film like doesn't give you those beats and those moments that for you to pause and the one that I really think of is is Texas Chainsaw Massacre like once they get to where the family is it is just nonstop, and it is an attack on your senses from every direction You, you have the characters you have the sound like the sound of like um, animals and the sound of like the thud whenever they're you know somebody's hitting the head this the sound of that door slamming the mm-hmm. sound especially of the chainsaw mm-hmm. like it is just a complete attack of the on the senses and there really is no moment for you to relax and a lot of horror movies will give you that where like something scary happens and then mm-hmm. like it's stops it's over yeah, it's, and then it's, 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 it's like, like next it's morning and as, as a, a film like watcher outside and you're like oh yeah man, i'm good it's light yeah especially like something like paranormal activity like you know when it's dark it's scary when it's light you're, you're safe yeah. and, and something like texas james massacre does not give you that at all mm-hmm. um another thing that i love is when horror do you like them how they bastardized texas james massacre over the years uh, how they bastardized over yeah. these? Okay, I really like two. Uh, two, okay. but two is kind of a comedy. Yeah, no, two is hundred percent a comedy. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I like it, especially because I, I like um, sequels when they don't change directors. So again, that's, that's Toby Hooper on that one. Yeah. Um, okay. But then after that, they start changing directors, and that's when they start changing the images and the ideas behind it. Uh, the remake, whatever. I mean, I know some people defended the remake, but I it, it just wasn't. Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, no, he was in four. Oh, that's, that was a I, sequel? There was three or, yeah, it was a sequel. I think it was oh, like three wow. or four. The remake was with Jessica Biel playing, oh, the, okay. um, playing the, the main woman's character. Um, but one thing I really love um, is when horror movies are slow burns. They're slow burns with an explosive ending. And it, it's a formula that isn't done that often, but when it's done, it's it's excellent. And one of them that does it the best, and it, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but one of the best is Audition, the Japanese movie Audition. Oh, now, man. so you guys and people listening, they're going to know it's a horror movie because I'm saying it's a horror movie. <laughs> but when you watch it, 
you it hides that it's a horror movie until the last 20 minutes. It's the story about a casting director who's doing an audition because he's trying to find a wife. And it's really like him basically being a predator towards these um, women. And he finds one, but he ends up picking a complete psychopath. And her, <laughs> like what that. she turns out to be, you, you don't see till the end. So it's essentially an hour and maybe 50 minutes. I'm, I'm guessing like an hour and 50 minute movie. It's 90 minutes of just barely hints of horror and then 20 minutes of just sheer terror mm -hmm. and it's the kind of thing that if you watch it um you know watch it however you want to the first time but then invite people over and don't tell them it's a horror movie because it kind of could play as like a drama until the end <laughs> and it, it and after that came out it, when it came out it came out in 99 and i was i was 20 at the time and it was kind of like this big splash but then like all these like filmmakers guys like tarantino and eli roth and rob zombie they were all mm -hmm. talking about how this movie has just like changed the way that they want to make movies. Um, so it's, I, it's just full. It's full of Japanese. It's full yeah, of Japanese. it's Japanese. It's uh, Takashi Miki, who is um, this pretty good Japanese filmmaker. He's done some really good stuff too. Um, but also that formula, Carrie follows it very well. Where where oh, Carrie, yeah. Carrie just has hints until the end. And there's another one, just one more I want to mention that that does that also. It's this uh, movie by this guy named Ty West, and it's called uh, House of the Devil. Uh, it came out like 2006, and same thing. It's a uh, a woman who is hired to be a babysitter for this house and she thinks there's something up with these people but for the most part nothing is really revealed until the end and then when it's all revealed it's done in an explosion <laughs> so those three movies I carry I'm sure most people have seen but mm -hmm. audition House of the Devil watch those movies and you're gonna get that kind of formula that I love yeah yeah you saying that I'd, Carrie is definitely on my top just favorite yeah, movies yeah, yeah. of all time list I mean, um, Carrie is this. That's that's basically every girl that wasn't the popular girl in high school, you know. And Carrie is like, I'm just tired of this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, yeah, I mean, I can empathize with her, but it was still frightening. Because um, there, I mean, I, I said this before we started, but sometimes if I can empathize too much with the villain, I'm no longer afraid. <laughs> which is kind of how I felt about Candyman. I'm just kind of like, yeah, get him, and I'm not like really scared because I'm encouraging in it, yeah. encouraging it, and that's kind of how I felt about Carrie. So it wasn't really scary. But isn't it like a different kind of fun? <laughs> it's a different kind of thrill, yeah. but it's not a fear. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not fear. Um, yeah, and, and what you were talking about with the buildup, that's how I felt about The Hills Have Eyes. Like, I mean, nothing mm -hmm. happens for like the good, you know, for about a half an hour of the film. And you're built, they're building up, you know, this family. And so you really start to care about them and empathize yeah. with them. And that for me is like what made that movie frightening. This is the original you're talking about? No, the remake. The remake. Yeah. Just to stay on Carrie real quick. Like, Carrie, I, I rewatched it recently. And like, it's so crazy that that movie still. I mean, I love it. I love it so much. It's it's um it's my favorite Stephen King adaptation. It's probably my favorite The Palma movie. But it, when, when I was watching it last time, I'm like, what happens? It's essentially the story of what we know today as like a school shooter. That's what yeah. 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 No, 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 that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and what she does at the end. But I don't know if it's because maybe she's female and we think of like school shooters as like angry men. I don't know if that mm -hmm. if that softens the blow a little bit or if it's because of how justified she's made to mm -hmm. be but it's it, but it's, some of those kids some some people if you probably knew some of these kids stories that maybe shot up a school and we don't know their backstory yeah he was getting bullied for the last three yeah. years by all these same kids yeah and just bugged out and, yeah. and the, i mean even at the end of carrie though she doesn't kill everyone she kills isn't guilty i mean we'll, except the teacher the teacher isn't and yeah. um the character who was well, her date isn't. Yeah, her, her date, her date yeah. was innocent. Her mm -hmm. date wasn't in on it, and mm -hmm. the girl who set, who had the date do it. Um, oh yeah, uh, she was innocent too. So they all she survives though. 
Does she survive her? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. She's at the graveyard at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. Carrie is just like this movie that has, as a filmmaker, it just the idea of a woman covered in blood or covered in some sort of makeup or something and looking for revenge is so like ingrained in me like before i came here tonight i was uh, i met somebody about a shoot we're doing we're doing a horror shoot this weekend and she and i were talking about the look at the end and it's the same thing she's gonna be covered in blood she's gonna be wearing white and this is gonna be like carrie and like my mind just always goes to that image because i saw it when i was younger man carrie is a trip man I mean, we think about, about Chris. I'm sorry, we were talking about Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It just made me think Christine. about Christine too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that possessed car, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the car that people would like too. That's the mm-hmm. crazier part. Is like, who doesn't want that car? Yeah. Like, oh, I want that car, mm-hmm. and that car is getting your ass. Yeah. Well, he starts to protect the main character from bullies, so yeah. it's kind of the same, similar story. Because it was possessed, right? Yes. No, no. Like Christine that. possessed. Christine was possessed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like what, like what was it? Was it who was was it? I don't was, remember how it got. I don't. Away. I haven't seen Christine yeah, since I was younger, time, no, so I, I don't remember. I feel but like I do it was remember. like the blood of some evil person like spilled into it or something. I yeah, that I think that might be it. But I might be mixing that up with the other movie. Was it called Maximum Overdrive? With all yeah, those yes, Overdrive. <laughs> of course, I've seen Maximum Overdrive. I love that movie as a kid. Man. Do you yes. know what makes that one special out, out of Stephen King's adaptations? Mm. That's the one that he actually directed. Yeah, he himself. directed that one. Yeah. Oh, it's the only movie he's ever directed. And then yeah, that's the that. one because it had the truck with the with the with the Joker mask on. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I remember as a kid when I saw mm-hmm. the movie. Like, well, we got to see that Maximum yes. Overdrive. Yes, I remember wanting to see that at the drive-in. You saw it at the drive-in? Yes. Oh, see, I saw it in the theaters. My pops mm-hmm. should have been seeing it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, my. I mean, I had my mom never restricted. Anything yeah, I've I never I, like other people's like their parents be mm-hmm. holding as my dad be like, "Can you see?" It? I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right." And he, he's like, <laughs> like, 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 all right. Like everybody was like, "Yeah, my mom put my hands over my face." No, no, my mom would no. never do that. My dad either. He was like, no. Nah. He's like, he just look at me like, too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm too slow to get over. Get the. Get, it's too late now. He's already seen the titties, so it don't matter. Uh. <laughs> it don't matter no more. It's too late. There's nothing, nothing that explains there. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. It makes up my lifestyle a lot. Um, so no, let's 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 go through the list. Some sure. of let's do the top twenty and kind of just give some off the cuff comments on them. Yes, yeah, so I never know who creates these lists. Um, yeah, because opinions differ greatly. But anyway, so this comes from indiewire.com. And so the number one movie. Well, let's go to number. Let's start with number twenty. Yeah, let's start with twenty. Yeah, give me a second to scroll through because this is actually the top one hundred. So we're not gonna drive our listeners crazy so number 20 yes i would agree with this one the fly is it jeff goldblum Goldblum. Goldblum. yes yes i remember watching this and anything like with critters creepy crawly things like yeah that that's that kind of gets me a little bit too so that guy who directed the fly cronenberg Mm -hmm. he is probably my favorite director of all time he he's done some just great great stuff and all of his stuff is so smart and mm-hmm. it's so visceral and it always means like something else and the fly is just like very much about aids mm-hmm. it's very much yeah about the AIDS. About? yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very much because that was like at the height 
Hold um, on, I never, I never thought hold on. Yeah, it, yeah. so it, it was kind of at the height of it happening, and yeah. also it was at the height of the Reagan administration refusing mm-hmm. to acknowledge that it was. So how was it more about like what aspect is it? I mean, I think it. Yeah, it's kind of a metaphor, yeah. like inflicting yourself with you know oh. a disease. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And the okay. way it just slowly, kind of slowly tears, you, tears you out yeah. over over time. Yeah, it said that this was Cronenberg's exploration of what became known as body horror. Yeah. As the film meditates on disease and aging in ways that are as unsettling as the themes themselves. Yeah, Cronenberg is a, a genius, and, and Fly is one of his best. And, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it's on the list. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. uh, the Fly. Have you seen like Videodrome? Videodrome is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah, he did um, the Dead Zone. He did um, okay, the, the Stephen Zone. King adaptation. Yeah. So he had a hell of a run of horror in the '80s, and then in the 2000s. He kind of went away from horror, and he went to like more drama stuff. But his drama stuff still had a foot in horror, and he did um, History of Violence. Oh, the History of Violence is him. Fucking masterpiece. Oh, okay. And he did um, he did uh, um, oh, Eastern Promises, Eastern Promises okay. with uh, Viggo Mortensen also. So okay. Yeah, so I, I really love his career. History I mean, of Violence is my shit. Yeah, but his '80s stuff and obviously The Fly is probably the most. Did I understand? Them. I didn't even correlate those two. Did it, that was the same person? Yeah, same actor director yeah. duo. Yeah. Hmm. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. And so this list was created just this month, so huh. it's going to capture some yeah. some newer films as well. Uh, they had um, Tales of the Hood on there, the, like in '98. I was, yeah, I was, I was yeah, it was. It's in the top 100. Yeah. It sadly didn't make the top 20. Yeah. But I love Tales from the Hood. I love Tales from the Hood too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the, the dolls. Oh, the nigglets. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> that man. is the only version of that word you will ever hear me say. Yeah, man. I was like, man, this was, I loved it. Oh God, yeah. It. Movie. Did you see the sequel? Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't, oh, didn't want to see that. <laughs> oh man, they ruin stuff with ridiculous oh, sequels. And I like Rusty Kandif as a director too. He did. Um, he directed. Um, is this movie? You probably you seen Sprung? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Uh, it was him, Joe Torre, Tisha Campbell. Oh, and, I did um, see that. Yes, I did. Yeah, he directed that. Uh, Fear of a Black Hat. I love Harry Black Cat. We need to do that on this show. Okay. Um, and he directed. This is the one I know people are going to. It was a TV. What TV show is it? Um, hold up. Because the other day I was uh, talking to Teddy about. It. He's like, damn, I forgot he did that. Um, he did the Chappelle show. He directed oh. the Chappelle show every episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's got a good comedic timing, man. Um, he did. Um, you just mentioned some movies that didn't represent that but okay sprung, sprung was good sprung was good sprung <laughs> okay. was a, a decent movie fear of a black hat you've seen fear of a black hat i have not so that's not fair, fair but the, you know what i don't even know if fear of black hat is even viable now because it's basically that those movies are being made simultaneously that and cb4 so it's basically like cb4 okay. but i think it's a it's a different more grittier version of cb4 uh-huh uh but it's it's they're very very similar okay I'll very watch very it. similar it's funny as hell to me, and maybe because the kid in me saw it like when it came out then at like twelve years old, and I was like, "This shit's hilarious to me." Mm-hmm. So now I laugh at the joke still yeah. now because I remember what they mean. So like, if you don't like, I think if someone doesn't understand the '90s, they're not gonna understand that movie and laugh because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't get MC Hammer, you know, and like when the characters <laughs> call himself Slammer. He's oh, MC Hammer. He's like, no, I don't go by MC Hammer uh, Slammer no more. Just Slammer. Remember when MC <laughs> Hammer was just a hammer? That's for us. Oh, okay. I remember when Hammer did that shit. You know, um, but yeah, I like Rusty Kandifa. But 
Continue with you. Number 19. One of my newfound favorites. Get out. Really? They yeah. put it up? Wow. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not mad at it. I'm just yeah. like, I'm surprised someone really let it get his props like that. Yes, yes. I was recently watching um, Skeleton Key and uh, remembered like that that movie was, I could see how that could, I don't know if it was an influence, mm-hmm. but it reminded me of Get Out when Is I rewatched that the it. One? It's the one with Kate Hudson and uh, Jenna Rollins and Peter Skarsgård. And um, Kate Hudson goes to this house, and she thinks she's supposed to be taking care of this old man. And um, Peter Skarsgård, like, convinces her to take this job. And she realizes later on in the movie that um, the old man is actually Peter Skarsgård. So he has taken on the body of this younger man. And Jenna Rollins is now looking for a younger woman's body to take over. That's his wife. Yes, and that's his that's his wife. And they're trying to get him, get her. And they try to her. get her, and they do get her. So sorry, I ruined the ending. Yeah. But yeah, but um, I was like, this kind of reminds me of Get Out a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought Get Out was so brilliant mm-hmm. because it was so much stuff. Like I remember me and Teddy had like a two hour conversation about mm-hmm. it, and we were like, man, think about the idea. If, if I was like, if you really want to do a sequel, like some like fan fiction sequel, mm-hmm. it would be him going out to find all the other black people that were turned into from white people. Because, yeah. like, they were athletes. You got to think, these are people, like, that is spread out all over everywhere. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't all stay in that town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I'm a good, like, if she took an athlete's body, you think yeah. he's going to stay in that town? Looking at that he's going to go play basketball yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Well, they, I, didn't the he say that us and Get Out are supposed to exist in the same yeah, universe? Yeah, it's the same universe, yeah. yeah. And it's supposed to be, a th- the third one is supposed to be in the same universe. He, say, he mm-hmm. hasn't told anybody. What it's gonna be? I don't even know what could even be going. With. Whatever it is, I'm it's excited. gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, because <laughs> he said he said there's all this shit planned out for years. Yeah, he worked on Get Out for like ten years or something crazy. Yeah, like yeah. That. I remember when Get Out was coming out, they did not advertise that he was the director. Because I remember like like when I first saw the trailer for it, I you know I was like, oh, it's horror, it's, it's gonna be great. And then at the end, I saw Jordan Peele as the director, and I was like, what the hell? Like, why like, is Jordan, Jordan Peele? Yeah, because people because people probably would have had if they would said from Jordan Peele, people were like, oh, this yeah, is from Mad gonna, TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're gonna think it's like Keanu or whatever movie yeah. he, he has recently. Done done um that's it when, when i think i get out i think it's stepford wives as a yeah. big mm-hmm. big influence on that. yeah yeah and, and one thing that i think is so brilliant about get out is you know he changed the ending he was supposed to like basically uh, just, let me dead he was gonna get yeah. shot by that cop mm-hmm. who pulls up and then he changed it because trump won the election and he said mm-hmm. that america has, ha- has had enough yeah <laughs> america needs a break yeah. Much more, yeah. Yeah. Like, so the happy ending he's like we needed that and it's so yeah. funny because that ending is so perfect that it's so weird to think that wasn't the original ending i mean like the crowd erupted and applause yeah. like in the theater yeah. that I saw and like what a like, like that's such a brilliant filmmaker like when, you, when you're a filmmaker shit happens mm-hmm. and, and what you plan on happening never <laughs> is what happens so you have to be good at like throwing other things in mm-hmm. and just and paying attention to what your audience needs yeah. Yeah. and for him just to throw that that new ending in and for it to work better probably yeah. than the first ending <laughs> yeah. is I think the sign of just a great filmmaker mm-hmm. absolutely well, yeah, Get Out was an awesome movie man I'm yeah. glad it was up there I don't know if I would have loved it as much if if he died in the end it would have been a bummer yeah like he got through all this shit and then mm-hmm. he just died because I think that's what we all expect oh god here come the cops they're about to shoot him yeah yeah and it's you know it's so good about the ending is when that cop car pulls up what you're seeing on the screen there isn't anything that's happening on the screen that's out of the ordinary. It's yeah. a cop car pulls up, guy gets out, it's his friend, 
Mm-hmm. That's all you're seeing. But what you're seeing is what you bring into the movie mm-hmm. and what you know about the history of police yeah. <laughs> and and in that situation. So everybody who gasps, even like maybe people who who came into that movie just to have fun, maybe mm-hmm. people who voted for Trump, maybe people yeah. who Everybody have... Everybody's still like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, everyone... We've been through but all this. They're going to be like, they're like, oh, shit. And then when they realize what's happening, his friend gets out, and it's just the airport police, <laughs> then there's like a moment where they're just like, wait a minute, why was I, why was I scared about that? And it's like, oh, maybe, maybe some yeah. people are right. Something to, yeah. it. Something to it. Yeah. Yeah, that kid, oh, man. That's, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does next, man. I, I, I really like Us. A lot of people are like, oh, I hate it. I loved Us. I like, loved Us, man. I saw it again the other night, and I was like, this shit's good. Mm-hmm. I, I think Get Out is a great, great, great movie, and it's a great. Um, and, and I think it has like more politics behind it. I don't know. Us has a lot of politics behind it too. Us was him just, I think, making. Us was like his horror passion just coming out, and it it was um, one of these movies that I love that has a lot going on, but a lot of it isn't explained. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of like economic stuff happening in there, and still a lot of race stuff happening in there. But it's not as laid out as Get Out is, and I think people were Get Out was more straightforward. Yeah, so. it was more straightforward, which which was needed, and that was good. But but a, a movie that can do what he did with us and, and not spell it out, where you can afterwards have all these like different discussions about what was happening is i think brilliant and i'm glad he made both of them but i do think that us was a a big evolution of of him as as a filmmaker also all right number uh 18 reminds me of who i should have had in my avengers lineup silence of the lambs Ooh, hannibal lecter yes brilliant movie absolutely brilliant movie um do you all think that um because somebody else was originally supposed to play hannibal lecter i forgot who it was Hmm. They had somebody else cast as Hannibal Lecter at first. I can't imagine and it was, anybody. And it was other somebody who was like, "What?" Well, in in Manhunter that came out in the eighties, they had Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, but obviously okay. that, was, that yeah. was a completely different movie. Yeah, but no, it was somebody else that they, uh, I was reading that that was supposed to be Richard, or maybe it was Cherie, uh Clarice. Somebody wasn't the original person until like the last minute. Hmm. It may be Clarice. Gene Hackman. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I knew it was somebody else that was originally supposed to be. In. Okay, so Gene Hackman was supposed to play him at first. Wow, that'd have been interesting. He said he dropped been. out at the last minute. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was something like that. Yeah, I knew it was it's something like that. Weird thinking that wasn't just written for Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wait, some of the other people he considered absolutely not any of these. Two? Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Morgan Freeman. Ooh, that'd have been kind of dope. Okay. No. Do you, and do Sean you, Connery. <laughs> Oh, Sean Connery would have been ridiculous. I cannot take Morgan Freeman seriously as a villain. I'm sorry. Well, also, it that had is a lot grandpa. of racial connotations to that. Mm-hmm. What I think would have not, it would have just not went the way they wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Morgan Freeman would have been funny, and I think it would have been more comedy then. Yeah. Then it was like, no oh wow, that. it's that Gene Hackman was originally so interested in playing Hannibal Lecter. That he not only bought the rights to the novel, but he wanted to direct the film as well. I didn't realize wow. that. Wow. Why did yeah. he, so? How did it, did it say how he yeah. lost the rights? Uh, let's see. Uh, he dropped out, randomly dropped out for one of the most doting reasons you're ever likely to hear because his daughter said so. His daughter read the book and said, Daddy, you're not making this movie. Wow. What a terrible kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs a new daughter. So he sold him? He sold the rights? Uh, or did see. he have the rights? Hang on. Just... Let me keep reading it. Let's see. 
That'd be crazy, like if he kept the rights and he had like twenty percent publishing on yeah. it, on, on it, he get to do a, do nothing, yeah, just because he bought the rights to it. I wonder what he did instead. What shitty movie? Oh, like what movie? Was yeah, his <laughs> next movie. It's like it's gonna be like Will Smith doing um, <laughs> oh, Wild Wild West instead of Matrix. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it doesn't say or um anymore. Uh, Mickey Rourke um uh, uh, not doing Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, is that what is he offered? Yep, like, that's funny. <laughs> Like he has like six or seven roles where mm-hmm. he like just didn't do it, and you're like, and they all became like iconic roles. That's funny. I know Will Smith is known for that too because he turned out Matrix and then he turned out Django. Yep, <laughs> it's like, Django. and he did like bullshit instead. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Gene Hackman might have done well in the role. I thought it was gonna be somebody. I was yeah. like, uh, no. I think he would have. Morgan Freeman would have been a no. Curtain. Morgan Freeman would have just been a different direction. I'm, it I'm really at, would have. Yeah. I just, but it still would have been good. Yeah. So the problem that people have, uh, that horror people have with Silence of the Lambs, and, and I do like Silence of the Lambs, but it came out, the year that it came out was like 91, mm-hmm. and it came out early. I want to say like February maybe, and it came out as a horror uh, movie like it was par- uh, marketed as a horror movie, it was packaged as a horror movie. A thriller. It, well, 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 what happens is it's a horror movie, and then everybody thinks it's good. So what they do is that they want to make a an Oscar run for it, mm-hmm. and since Oscars are kind of notoriously um, sniffy towards horror, mm-hmm. what they do is they bring it back out in the fall and the winter, and and they play it again. And this time they don't call it horror. This time they call it this made up word called psychological thriller and it's funny because like that term has is so into our psyche now that nobody questions it but sometimes horror people just cringe at that term because they know they re-edit it or anything no no they just like remarket it they're like hey this isn't a horror this is something called a psychological thriller which no one's Mm -hmm. fucking heard of but that's what we're that's the term we're using now well he he did unforgiven yeah well Uh, gene hackman did unforgiven that's that's pretty great Uh, i mean that was (laughs) (laughs) yeah it would have been around 1991 1992 yeah so he did unforgiven okay well well, it's, it's swept at the Oscars. Um, best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Actress. Damn. Signs of Lance swept like that? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. What we got next? Yeah. So, number 17. Is that what we're on? Mm-hmm. Hang on one second. Let me get back to the list. Nosferatu. I have not seen that one. I actually yeah. haven't either. Tattooed in my wrist. Oh, yeah. Can you, can you yeah, the tattoo is awesome. <laughs> exactly. Can you uh, break it down for us? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Nasferatu came out in 1922. It is a, um, it's a, it's a vampire story. It's basically Dracula, but without the rights. So they were doing Nas. <laughs> they were trying to do because Dracula, you know, obviously was a famous book, and they were trying to do this uh, German director F. W. Marnell was trying to do. Um, Dracula, but the Stoker res- residents would not give him the right to do it, so they did it anyways. Mm-hmm. So they did it anyways. Yeah, Bram Stoker's estate fought. Yeah, it, and, and, and they tried to bury the film. Yeah, and, and they sued him for it. So there's a, there's a few little things changed in it, but it's pretty much the Dracula story. Okay. But it's also kind of what the Dracula story should be because like later on with different adaptations it's when Dracula and vampires kind of became like more appealing and more sexy, but at first they were just kind of like animals. Like yeah. they they were like angry um like like creatures and that's what uh, Max Schreck who is um the, the actor that that's how he plays Count Orlock, which is the the character's name in that movie, where he is just like this, like this, like fiendish sort of creature that sneaks up on you. And the boat scene, which everybody knows from the Dracula stuff, where he's being uh, he's riding along in the boat and he, mm-hmm. he attacks the crew. That version of it is the scariest because he gets up and he like walks 
the side of the boat and he just like hovers over people and it's so funny because it's it's a silent film but yeah. it's still like legit scary oh, wow. so last week I don't know if I told you about that but last week there was uh, a screening oh, yeah. of it yeah, yeah. You did tell me. so there's this place in St. Louis called Urban Chestnut and every year uh, they do a screening of Nosferatu and there is a, a band called uh, Rat, they're called Rats and People and what they do is they play live music and that's how silent films used to be like silent films back in the day before there was a sound system in theaters they would play the film and a band would play the music to go along with it so to kind of recreate that this this, this group mm. called Rats and People who Rats just people. focuses on um, silent films they play it they, they do it on this big screen on cool. on the patio of Urban Chestnut, and then they have a beer, this chocolate beer called uh, Count Orlock that they bring out every Halloween, and it's my favorite. It's like one of the things that I look forward to fun. the most. Next yeah. year you should go. Yeah, the uh, symphony does that too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did an adaptation of Psycho, which was spectacular, where they played the music along with the movie. So do they? Because what rats people do is they make their own music, so they change mm. the music to it. Do, do oh. the the, the symphony based, plays the exact, the exact music. music? That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so just to this day, people still think Count Orlock is the best version, and Nosferatu is possibly the best version of Dracula. They think it's better than the 31 version, the Bela Lugosi, which is kind of dated badly. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 my favorite silent film ever. Oh, so. wow. well, okay. I still love Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that's probably because I am a ginormous Gary Oldman fan. He's one of my top five okay, actors that version's of all time. Good. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder could go in that movie, but. I absolutely love Gary Oldman. So you guys not an interview with vampire fans? Oh yeah, sure. I love it. I like Anne Rice, um, and I liked that. I liked the movie. Yeah, I mean, I was in love with Brad Pitt at the time. Yeah, I mean, you know. and eternally jealous of Kirsten Dunst for getting to kiss him. It's <laughs> <laughs> her first kiss than... ever. She's like twelve years old or something, at the time, right? Yeah, twelve, yeah. thirteen, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I wouldn't call it a horror movie by any means, but it's more of a. Yeah. Dracula romance yeah. or something like that a horror romance <laughs> a vampire romance yeah yeah. No spirit too. I'm going I'm to I'm check this out yeah and it's silent too okay well if you just wait until next year you should go to that Urban Chestnut yeah, yeah I want to yeah. see it at Urban yeah. Chestnut yeah. this sounds fun they do the same movie every year yeah it's always that one so that group Rats People they play different silent films they usually do it at Webster uh, University okay. throughout the year uh, Webster but, has some good performances yeah they yeah. do yeah, but um the uh, the one at Urban Chestnut, it's always Nosferatu. Like it's just they're kind of like landmark thing they do every year. Okay, cool. That'll be on my list for next year. Number sixteen. I never really saw this as a horror movie, even though it was frightening, especially being in Fiji and swimming with sharks. Number sixteen is Jaws. Yeah, you know what? I I never thought it was either. But I mean, that's an awesome film, though. Oh I never yeah. Never thought it was horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's scary. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty. It's scary enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also don't necessarily consider it straight horror, um, and, it, and it isn't. That's Spielberg, movie. right? Yeah, yep. Spielberg's yeah. second movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He had to fight to get on that movie, I think, because it's based off a book, right? Yeah, it's based yeah. off of a book. Yeah, he, he might have. I, I'm not sure how he got the job because he did a movie called Duel before it. Which right, because he wasn't from Spielberg. No, yeah, yeah that's, that's the movie that kind of made yeah. him. Yeah, that's what put him on the map. And also, I mean, speaking of Jordan Peele earlier, where th- shit happens and you have to roll with it, that was the thing about Jaws is the shark didn't work. Like, like, like the whole thing about really? how, like, you know how everyone there is like, oh, the brilliant thing about Jaws is you don't see the shark. You, you know, you just feel the shark. You don't see it. And Spielberg's like, that wasn't the point. The point you were supposed to see the shark. The, the right, shark didn't work. work. So, yeah. we had to do that. so we had to do that as planned. 
plan B, and everybody thinks it's some sort of like so brilliant deep thing. It was like no, textbook we, thing we, he was we doing. Had no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the shark redone. The writer of this article has an interesting, interesting perspective. He said Jaws is a manifest destiny film about the particularly American impulse to inhabit all spaces we desire to inhabit. If people just stayed out of the water and chose to swim in pools instead, we'd have no story. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> I like the the one with Mario Van Peebles in it for some reason. Because oh, no. his hair was flopping all over the place and it was funny. It was a band. Is that a Jaws? Yeah, it was Jaws 3, I believe. Or <laughs> oh, Jaws gosh. 3 is so bad. That's the one that's with Mario Van Peebles in it. It's Jaws Jamaica or Bahamas 3D, or yeah. Is Michael Caine in that one? I think so. Because okay. yeah. Michael Caine has a story where he... I uh, got the script for Jaws 3, and he opened up the first page, and it said, first shot, scene, Jamaica, and he closed it, and he goes, I'm in. <laughs> and, <laughs> also, he didn't even look at it. He didn't even look at it, and it's so bad, but I don't remember Mario Van Peebles. Yes, it's, it's, oh, no, Jaws 4 is the Mario Van Peebles. Okay, okay. Jaws 3 is Michael Caine. Because oh, that was Jaws 3D, right? Yeah, 3D. Yeah, that's, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, Jaws 2 was a disaster. Like, that series fell off the cliff mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Jaws 4 still made $52 million on a $20 million budget. <laughs> Well, people are into them Jaws movies, man. Yeah, they like them. All right, number fifteen is a movie I've never seen, um, a nineteen forty-two film called Cat People. Hmm. It's about Luton. I, I I saw it when I was younger. I don't remember it too well to like be an expert on it at all. It's, called, it's a considered a B movie. Yeah, I I, I remember it. I mean, mm-hmm. from what I remember it, to say that it's what, what number is it? Sixteen. Uh, number 16. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry, 15. 15. From what I remember, I, I don't know why it's so high on the list, but mm-hmm. um, it wasn't anything that really stuck with me very much. Okay. Yeah, uh, it says, uh, the ca- the movie uses the camera and sound to create the presence of a supernatural force without even showing it. So we talked about that a little bit, about how when you don't see it, you know, it's it makes it that much more frightening. Hmm. Okay. Continuing on, number fourteen. I actually really love this movie. Twenty eight days later. Mm, yeah, man. Yeah. Those, those, those that that one was scary because the zombies were fucking fast. Yeah. Like those are those fast zombies. Yeah, not the slow moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, these yeah. these got run on them. This is all, you know, uh, Usain Bolt's out mm-hmm. there chasing you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, they just it seemed like all of them had Usain Bolt on them. They, like, they were all. <laughs> Full speed. Yeah. yeah. This was actually the first movie I saw both Killian Murphy and Naomi. I'm forgetting her last name right now. Um, what is her name? Is it, it's not Naomi Harris, is it? Yes, Naomi yeah. Harris. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just thought they were both brilliant, and I thought their chemistry that was, was that's really the, good. The other guy, the heavyset guy, what was? Is it, he's the one from? Um, uh, he was in Troy. What is his name? He was. Uh, he played uh, Mad Eye Moody too, and um, Harry oh, uh, Potter. Brendan Gleeson. Yep. He played. Remember, he played the father of the uh, little girl from In Bruges. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. God, in Bruges. <laughs> yeah. You keep telling. You were talking to me about In Bruges. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I love Twenty Eight Days Later. I even thought the sequel was decent. Yeah, the sequel was decent too. Yeah. 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 Was it Twenty Eight Weeks Later? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that, it was just like it was just impossible to live in. Like they made that world just impossible. Mm-hmm. Like if any of that blood touches you, you're dead. Like yeah. Like it's just impossible yeah, to live the, in a world like the that. The scene where it drips in the dad's eye, yeah, and from they the birds. know what's about to happen, and oh. he's telling her to get away. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just over because I I forget how many seconds they had before it would infect you. And there had been a lot of movies like that too around that time. You know about these infectious diseases, mm-hmm. and then. 
Well, that's when the remake of Dawn of the Dead happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, fast zombies, for the most part, I don't really like. Um, because, uh, like, like, what I liked about the slow zombies, it was supposed to just, like, this, like, this, like, feeling of death is, is slowly mm-hmm. coming for you. And no matter how fast you can get away with it, it's still gonna, it's still after you. Well, so I like. I the, mean, are they even zombies? Because they're not dead. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, infected, infected, they're infected people. Yeah. yeah. In Dawn of the Dead, they're more zombies. Mm-hmm. But j- just that idea of them going fast, for the most part, I was just like... A, I don't know. Like, like, like I didn't like. That's feel like it was, it was like you can't run. Like you can't. No, nothing. they're like rabid dogs. Yeah. yeah. But in that that form of um, fast zombies, that is the best one. Twenty mm-hmm. years. And then they saw how the military was in there, like how yeah. they basically were just the same as the zombies. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. just a different form of them. You know, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that one. Okay. Um, number fourteen. Oh, I'm sorry, thirteen. We were talking about this earlier. Audition. It, it, it's it, it a, it, wow I, okay I, I gotta really see this I mean it really is just a masterpiece it is this movie like like I remember one time I was listening to this interview with Rob Zombie who whatever it's not really a filmmaker <laughs> I like but but still like I kind of respect his taste I guess and he was talking about how this you know he was the, the, the kind of film watcher horror film watcher who just goes through horror movies left and right and, and yeah and does, so this was his hundredth film yeah or he recently I'm sorry he recently released his hundredth film who did what? the director Takashi Miki mm-hmm. yeah he just did a brand new one. I, I think I texted you about it he did, just did a brand new one this Japanese movie mm-hmm. um, that um, that was pretty good he did a movie called Ichi the Killer in the mid 2000s that also got a lot of fame too mm-hmm. um, but anyways um, yeah Audition is this movie like just the last 20 minutes it's just absolutely relentless and it kind of falls into torture porn it's kind of like the it's kind of like the the the, the godfather of torture porn because <laughs> what she does to this guy who's sort of manipulating her the whole time is so brutal like she basically takes this wire this sharp wire cutter and she just like dismantles him with it and it is it is it, it's hard to watch but like i said it's this movie that that will kind of manipulate you in a way that film should where it puts you in this like state of mind where you you know you're watching something that has like a little bit of horror going on but for the most part it's a drama and then when you least expect it when you think it's wrapping up all of a sudden it's just 20 minutes of just grabbing you by the throat and saying this is the scariest 20 minutes you're ever going to see and then it's over all right that's on my list the first line description is this kiri 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 either those words haunt you or you've never heard them she she says it while she uh, tortures him okay what does it mean do you know I don't mean I don't even know if it means anything it's just like noises she's making mm. um, interesting yeah. all right that's on the list I mean it might mean something but it, to me it's just noises that I that I that I associate with that all right number 12 dawn of the dead man that's a good one man I mean the original right yes 70. yeah not the yes 1978 not the one with um, George Romero version yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> not that one um I thought that one was awesome. I mean, it basically talks about materialism and commercialism to the highest. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's all about. You're in a mall, stuck in a mall mm-hmm. with, with zombies outside, and then with the biker gang shows up to yeah, to try to take everything. And then they're like, "Well, you're not gonna have our money." 
and all stuff. So fuck it, everybody's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> and it's this idea that like even when you're dead, when, when you're sort of on autopilot, you're still, you're still like consuming shit. You're still mm-hmm. going to the mall and you're still digging through products think, and stuff like, like the, that. Why do the zombies want to go to the mall at all? Yeah, places, like yeah. to wander to. Why were they wandering to the mall? It kind mm-hmm. of reminded me a little bit, or, or this movie reminded me of it. Warm bodies. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually really liked that. I didn't see that movie. though, but I, I like it looked like it was kind of <laughs> yeah, you know. But they were wandering cute. around the airport, um, and it was I think it was more of a metaphor of them like wanting to get out, and the whole movie was a metaphor for like how we don't connect with people anymore. Mm. And I think I don't, I don't remember last time we talked about this. I don't know if he did yeah. it on mic or afterwards, but um, but like oh, how all of his movies just have like, these political messages. I mean, that's what I mean. That I mean, like I'm a pretty political person, and, and I put that into like filmmaking, and I do that because I grew up watching people like Romero and watching people like Wes Craven and these directors like when you hear them do interviews they're not talking about how cool zombies are <laughs> they're talking about what they want in society to take down mm-hmm. and, and what they want to represent and that's why like I remember just like growing up listening to these guys and I was like oh you know it's great these guys have so much other shit going on in their minds besides how cool zombies are Number 11 comes from the creator of uh, a movie that Paul's had on my list for a while, Suspiria. Um, But number 11 is Deep Red, which I also have not seen. 1975, Dario Argento. Yeah, so Dario Argento is the the guy who directed... um uh, Suspiria, and he's uh, Aja Argento, if if you're familiar with her. It's it's her, her, his, uh, her... his his daughter so Aja Adentia is his daughter and she's the one who kind of became famous recently because she came out against Harvey Weinstein so she was one of the main people so it it became to this point where like Argento to the public wasn't known as like the director of Suspiria he was more known as like Aja's father okay (laughs) because because of how she came out and she was also married to um Anthony Bourdain. Oh, uh, oh wow. wow, she has had a rough go. Yeah, she yeah. she did have a rough go. But anyways, um, so but he, if people just know him as Aja's father, he is a, a great director. He's um, he's kind of like a cult director. Um, he did Suspiria, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. This list apparently likes Deep Red better. Deep Red's not even my second favorite movie from him. He did a movie called Opera. I like better than Deep Red. But, um, I, but, I mean, what they're saying, I've heard people say that Deep Red is, um, to some people, his best movie. I've only seen it, I think, twice, and it's not anything that really, like, stuck with me very much. But it falls more into, like, the Giallo um, world, which Giallo is a, a form of um, filmmaking that became prolific in Italy where you – don't know who the killer is like the killer's mm-hmm. kind of a mystery mm-hmm. and that one because it's like a doll um it is kind of portrayed as the killer and how they do that in deep red is what saw took from like saw so saw took that where the little jigsaw puzzle yeah. <laughs> was it so i mean so it, it falls along the lines of a mystery where you don't really know who the killer is and if you like giallos it's considered one of the best giallos films yeah so the description is, is the film kicks off with a psychic who senses the dark thoughts of a murderer in the audience, one who later targets and kills her. Um, The star uh, is a pianist who witnesses the murder, which draws him into a dark mystery that puts his life at risk. 
Argento employs many of the genre's signature trades, a black-gloved, knife-wielding killer, deliciously over-the-top death sequences, twists, turns, and false reveals, and a wonderfully warped backstory that eventually reveals the killer's identity. I'd watch it. Yeah. They say that the three rules of Jallo is is blood, boobs, and black gloves. And that one has all three of them. (laughs) Okay. Put it on the list with Suspiria. Maybe we'll just have a Argento movie night. Yeah, yeah, Argento. Okay. All right. Number 10, another George Romero movie. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Oh, snap. Another zombie movie. I mean, that one's... uh, I mean, that was basically... The other one was about capitalism. This was about race. I I mean, you know, he said, like, I guess, was you saying or someone said that he didn't purposely... Yeah, he says, says that. I, I yeah, don't he believe says it. the role of Ben was not written for a black actor. You, and that you, any perceived <clears throat> racial commentary is purely coincidental. I, I don't believe him. I, I think what he is doing, I think he knows what he was doing. And I think that he says that because he doesn't want to view, he, wanted, he doesn't want to be viewed that way. But there's so much stuff in it. Like, like the way that the, the cops look at the end when, when they're coming on the house, I mean, they look like, they look like, um, like like police officers, like, like like police officers who who attack people during race yeah. riots with the dogs, like sick of the dogs, like that's literally happening at the end. Yeah. And when they shoot him, it just seems very coincidental for yeah. that not to be I the mean, case. And this is a movie that's coming out like at the same time as the civil rights right. movement. Right, that was the crazy thing. Like it. man, like and the black and white white of it makes it even more crazy. Uh, yeah. Like the imagery and the, you... the way it looks. That shit was scary as hell. I don't see how you can call something that you should expect a coincidence. Yeah. So the story about it because uh, Romero started on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. That, that's where he ah, started. Really? Yeah, he this was is from Pittsburgh. That makes yeah. Sense. He was a crew member on there, and he was doing um, um, industry work. And then he raised enough money to do Night of the Living Dead, and he did it. And they did it on you know on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And back then, you had to like drive your film to L.A. And he tells a story about how when he finished it, they were driving from Pittsburgh to L.A. And on the way, they heard on the radio that Dr. King was killed. Oh, and wow. that's when they realized they're like, we really made something that I think is going to resonate. And Isn't there like something crazy with the rights of that movie? Or yeah, they, they filled it out wrong. They, they, there was an original like title. Anybody can use it or do yeah, it or something? You, you can, you, that's why if you watch like low budget horror movies, you'll always see it on the TV. The characters are always watching it because it's public domain. So they, they screwed up filling out the paperwork. Romero never made a cent on the movie. Really? Not on that, but I mean, like, it did launch him to Dawn of the Dead, which he made a lot of money on. Um, But that movie itself, he did not make any money on. Really? He said it didn't cost anything to make either, though. Damn. So he, yeah, because it's like open domain, anybody can use it, right? Yeah, any anyone can use it. Public domain, yeah. And there's a lot of like stage productions you'll see every year, and it's because anyone can do it they want. Yeah. What was the paperwork they filled out on? Uh, from what I understand, they had the wrong title. Like, like, like they had another title before Night of the Living Dead, and then they turned it in with that title, but they changed it to Night of the Living Dead, and it didn't match. I uh, believe that's the story. Don't don't quote me on that, but I believe that's the reason why. Okay. All right, number nine, another one of my favorites um, that I don't know if I would have considered horror, Alien. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that before we kind of went over it. I guess when you said, like, like when you were talking about Alien being, because I was like, mm-hmm. sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, it's more of a slasher film, but it's an alien. Yeah. Slasher in slasher space. Slasher in yeah. space, yeah. The best, it has the best tagline. Yeah. Um, with um, no one can hear you scream, scream. Mm-hmm. and also it, it, it gives us Yafet Koto, the first black man in space, maybe uh, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, depends on which way you look at it. It's either him or Lando Calrissian. Either one of those are the, 
hmm. first black man in space, him and Yafe Koto. Oh, it's, wow. I mean, th- there's been books written about how this is like the ultimate feminist horror movie of all time. Really? With oh, the, because Scott Weaver is the heroine. Well, the along with her being the heroine, the um, alien is, is a woman is, too. Yes. Yeah, female. It, yeah, yeah, is a female who. And especially in the sequels where she's pr- protecting her young, you also have you also have the fact that the part where they plant the seed and you have to have actually and it, 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 so it's it's like this like male forced pregnancy scene mm-hmm. and like, oh, like a rape you say like almost like a rape yeah it's it's almost like putting your male characters through what a lot of women have gone through with rape and everything yeah. and, and especially like a, a rape where you're forced to have the baby mm-hmm. and so that scene and you die like yeah there has been there has been lo- yeah, yeah exactly your chest like yeah like, Oh wow! So yeah, I mean, there has been—I mean, that's not necessarily just me picking from it. There has been books written about. Wow, the you know what? It makes sense though, because it busts through your heart. It's like a woman if she's raped, mm-hmm. and she breaks her heart, so it literally busts through your chest and breaks your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't really get to see that many women actually get impregnated by the the, the alien movie. It's mostly men. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's mostly is. men that gets it. Yeah. Wow. I love the movie. Yeah. Oh. Shout out to Yafet Koto, man. You should have made it, man. <laughs> Number eight, the thing. It's another tattoo. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. man, that's Carpenter, man. Yeah. Nine I mean, that one is that one is so scary because you get to an ending where you don't know, and they just look at each other like, "Yo, one of us is it." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So according to Carpenter, he says you you can tell who it who is it because he says one of them is when they breathe white. Smoke is coming out, and the other one's not. That's what Carpenter says. So which one is this? Is uh, it is. Uh, no, it's uh, Kurt Russell. Because uh, only two of them left. It's yeah, Keith David. It, yeah, Keith David. And but that ending, even without that, though, that ending of them just kind of exhaustedly looking at each other. Like, maybe like. Huh? Well, you haven't seen. I, I saw it a long okay, time ago. Okay. It's a movie I need to see again, though, because gotcha. I don't. I don't they did, remember. They, they it. did a prequel to it. <clears throat> Have you, did you see that? I did not see it now. Yeah, it's everything before the plane, the the helicopter crash. Yeah, of like how the thing is there, like then you know how the helicopter crash. It's everything that happens that's happening there before there, and it leads crash. up to the, to the helicopter or the Swedish or Danish yeah. or something. Yep. Yeah, um, that movie. Uh, what really scares me about that movie, and I love it. That's another tattoo I have. Uh, <laughs> it, it's another one that I consider one of my favorite movies. But that in that movie, and this is an answer I could have given earlier, where the horror is just inexplicable. The horror doesn't make sense. In it. And so there is a scene in it where one of the characters is something's wrong with him. He's dying. He, he's on he's on this table. He's having convulsions, and another character takes defibrillators and puts it to his chest. And the defibrillators goes through his chest, and then the side of his chest turns into teeth and bites his arms off. And it makes no <laughs> sense. And it's like this kind of horror that your brain can't process because it's like, why did the side of his chest? turn into teeth and bite it off and and like that whole movie are just things like that where you, where your brain can't figure out what's happening i would call that mushroom horror yeah. mushroom yeah. horror you need to be on mushrooms to yes. understand it yeah. <laughs> all right number seven another movie i've never heard of but the the picture looks creepy it's called eyes without a face 1960 film i have actually never seen this one either yeah wow okay. Sure, I can read the synopsis. Fairy tales can often tap into the same primal fears as horror films. Fears of rejection, loneliness, aging, the loss of beauty. 
this tells the story of a plastic surgeon father obsessed with saving his daughter's looks. Her face was disfigured in an accident. Uh, it says it's a horror movie in the guise of a twisted fairy tale right down to its tinkly childlike score. Father's only solution is a face transplant, which means killing women so he can steal their faces. His, body, his daughter's body inevitably, inevitably rejects the skin grafts. There's so much at work here. The idea that a loss of beauty is the same as death itself uh, and that beauty is worth killing for. Sounds interesting. Is it, is it French? Is yes, it? it's a French okay. movie. Yeah. Huh. Eyes Without a Face says that the ultimate sadness is when happiness itself becomes inequity, that in order to gain something for yourself, the only solution is to take from another. I will say I'm familiar with it. What, what number is it on the list? This is number seven. Okay, so from what I'm familiar with, that I think I... From what I've heard about, that's a really high rating. I've never heard anybody consider it that high of a horror movie. <laughs> you said this, this, this is not a you know, Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I can't speak on it because I haven't seen it, but I've never heard anybody say it's one of the ten horror, best horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know, maybe this writer stuck with him. Yeah. Her. Huh? It sounds interesting. I'd, I'd put it on my list. All yeah, right. that sounds interesting. Though. Yeah. I was trying to think if it reminded me of anything that's been redone with the same concept. I mean, maybe Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. With Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. With Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Oh. I know. Yeah. I, maybe it's some inspiration. What was that Peter Almodovar movie with uh, Antonio Banderas? It reminds me of... Uh, hold on. I'm going to look this up. Um, so Antonio Banderas and Peter Almodovar did a movie a few years ago that sounds a lot like that. But I can't. Oh, this does sound familiar. I can't remember what it is called. Um. You can edit this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't find it. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. All right, we can come back to it. All right, number six, one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock films, Psycho. Ooh. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not higher than you. Number six? I mean, that's pretty high. This is Top ten of all time. This is of any incel movie. <laughs> no, this is the incel championship. Um, they should just all watch this. And I guarantee every incel has seen this. And it's like, I mean, I don't see the problem here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we'd all, you know. Uh, I'm with Bates. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm with Bates. Yeah, well, I'm with, like, if I have t-shirts, I'm with Bates. You know? They don't get, they're just like, oh. What's the, what's the problem, Mary? This is all he, he's he's justifying all his things he does, mm-hmm. even his mother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, everything's yeah. justified here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love Psycho. You know, at, at the time when it came out, um, that whole thing because um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Um, Janelle, Janelle. Yeah. She was the big star, mm-hmm. and you think the movie and and, and they were kind of shifty about what the movie was about Mm -hmm. so you think it's about a woman who steals money Mm -hmm. and she gets away with it and the movie's about her and then you have that set up and then she's murdered 30 minutes into it and back then before not only was no internet but there was no like just like media talking about this stuff and mm-hmm. to be an audience like I'm envious of that audience in 1960 whatever surprised it came by that. yeah mm-hmm. to think you're gonna go see the only star in this movie that you know Janet Lee mm-hmm. a- Anthony Perkins wasn't anybody yet and to see her and then all of a sudden she gets murdered mm-hmm. you're like holy shit mm-hmm. and, and I know that um 
Craven tried to duplicate that with Scream. Scream. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Drew Barrymore being the first. Yeah, he was very to open die. about, hey, yeah. I'm doing Psycho here. Yeah. Um, but even like that, there there was enough media to go around that when that happened, I think people knew that that Neff Campbell was was, was the mm-hmm. main star, but nobody knew. Mm-hmm. And Psycho was the uh, back in the day. Um, my dad tells me this that back before Psycho came out, people would go to a movie. And you would just, you wouldn't go when it started. You just mm-hmm. went whenever. And you would go like 40 minutes into the movie and you'd watch the end. And then you wait for it to start what? again. And no. you'd watch again. And so there was like this rule that you just paid, you went in, and you just watched. And then you watched until you got to the you part. You just get in where you. Which, I, that's what he said. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Because there's movies no. like Casablanca and Double Indemnity that doesn't make any sense why that would happen. Yeah. But, anyways, but that's what, that's what I've heard. And Psycho was the first movie that, through the director's instructions told the theaters not to let people in unless it's starting oh wow interesting yeah jamie lee curtis's mother Mm. yeah which is why she got cast in halloween yeah oh wow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay psycho is that mom Mm-hmm. Shout out to incels out there. That's right. <laughs> the world yeah. moving. Sorry, that was a that was supposed to be a more a smoother transition, but mm. Halloween is number five. <coughs> I mean, it's Halloween, baby. Yeah. I mean, my parents' first date movie is really really yeah that is awesome yes that is a whole story really yeah I guess that's what sparked the family love for horror like hey you know a girl. <laughs> I like you. You cute. My dad can barely speak English, so he was like, <laughs> "Your dad was Michael like, Myers couldn't either." So <laughs> right, he's like, he's like, he don't talk that much either. So there we go. I can just, I can take a this. Yeah, and the main character don't talk that much either, just like me. So right. <laughs> yeah, is that a true story? Y'all, their first movie was Halloween. Yes, that was their first date. They went to see Halloween. Wow. Nineteen seventy. What do you, What do you guys think about Halloween? I mean, it's. Great, John Carpenter is fine. I mean, the idea that that's a William Shatner mask mm-hmm. is amazing. After you find that out and you just look at it, you just I just like wow, that's just mm-hmm. making best of what you have, like the mm-hmm. best of what you have, to, you know, to, to to make something awesome. But the thing with that was that you had an impending evil with him at all times. Yeah, like he's like he literally is around every corner. You mm-hmm. feel like even though he's not, he literally feels like he's around every corner mm-hmm. that you come into there. Mm-hmm. And that's so what makes it so scary. It. Yeah. And he's like methodical and like, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe think somebody's safe. Like, okay, they, they made it to the uh, the closet. No, but then he just may, he may be in the other closet that's in that closet you're in. Yeah. yeah. And he just pops up like, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. And then, you know, snatching somebody. Halloween is one of those movies, <sighs> no matter how many times I've seen it, it's still suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I watched this documentary recently about Halloween and John Carpenter was being interviewed and they asked him what his motivation for creating Michael Myers was. And, you know, in that first one, later, he was against incels in no, the 70s. No, no, no. Yeah. He, is the, he is the ultimate embodiment of the incels, yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> what he was telling, because like later on the sequels, like you get that shit about the mean brother and sister, which was not in the first one. And you get like all these other things that are, are, are motivating him. But the thing about the first one, there was no motivation. He was just the embodiment of evil. And he was a walking um piece of evil i mean he was just like this walking evil and carpenter was telling the story because he grew up in kentucky and he grew up in the segregated south and he was dating a woman and he was writing with her father one time and this is according to him according to him her father was driving and he was in the car 
and there was a black man walking across the street, <laughs> and the father sped up and hit him with the car. What? And killed him. This is all from John Carpenter's mouth. Killed him, and then went to a payphone and called the police and just told him about it and said, hey, someone died on the street, and nothing happened to him. And he wasn't in trouble. And Carpenter said, at that moment, he just stared at that guy because he was like really young. He was really young, and he he was just processing what happened. So he's watching this on the news. Uh, no, no, he's in the car with the girlfriend, his girlfriend's father, who does mm-hmm. it. He's in the car at the time. Oh wow! He, and he just stares at the father, and he says in his mind, he was like, "There's no justification. There's no explanation. Mm-hmm. You are just pure fucking evil." Yeah, no and, soul. It no soul, mm-hmm. and and he took that. And put that into Michael Myers, where it's this person who deserves no explanation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you are just the body of evil. And that's why in part two, when they made him come back for part two, and he was like, I don't want to do part two. Part two is so bad. He's like, I don't want to do part two. And, and he so comes back like, in part We got this chick. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> part two is, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, and uh, but, but he needs like a motivation for why Michael Myers is still going and, and still going. And so that's when he puts the whole brother sister shit in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at first, you know, that's what that's what that was all about. Hmm. Wow! I, wow! Yeah. Well, this is my favorite movie score of all time. Yeah, I mean, hmm. yeah. It's my second, but it's great. What's your number one? Suspiria. Okay, Suspiria. I haven't heard that one. Damn, yeah, <laughs> Suspiria keeps resurfacing this time. Okay, number four, which is my number one, The Exorcist. Mm. Yeah, it's just still scary though, man. And maybe yeah. for us, we're here from St. Louis yes. and understanding and knowing that that it's happened on the south here. side yeah. uh, with a St. Aloysius Hospital or St. Alexis. St. Alexis, yeah. Like hospital on the south side, that that was a true thing with two Jesuit priests mm-hmm. really going in there. It was a little boy instead of a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so mean, that makes it like, story. when I found out, I was like, oh, 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 I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I passed by the hospital a lot mm-hmm. in general, like driving down that way. I'm like, oh, no. Because they say like some that one of the wings is like haunted or something still. Yeah, I suppose. I've heard that, but I also heard that they tore down the old hospital. Oh, they tore down, and it's a new one that's been built. So that's since. the one that's there is a new one. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not sure. That's just what I've heard. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the exorcism is something that you can't even stop. Really, it's just like mm-hmm. it's almost like the you know like you know the thing where it's like it's constantly traveling from there. You can't defeat it. You can only move it. From this place, because mm-hmm. it's going to go to something else. Yeah, it's going to possess someone else, so you never can defeat it. Yeah, <laughs> and but, you can't even con- you. I guess you can contain it and put it in a person, but it's like mm-hmm. you're still dealing with that yeah. effect. It's evil. What? Yeah. What? I, well, what do you think about it? Just, are you, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, right? it's it's still the most frightening movie. Like it's it's it is a movie that I cannot watch by myself at night. To this day, uh, like I'm guaranteed nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I mean, paranormal things scare me anyway because it's one of those things like I I don't not believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the unknown is what is most makes me most afraid. Yeah, when I was uh, just tell a really quick story when when I was uh, younger, I, I grew up in a, a religious family, and my grandfather was a, a pastor. And uh, there was like some idea or like motivation for me to go into that world um, and become like a man of God or whatever. And uh, I felt like in, in my teens, I was already like losing my faith just because um, <laughs> mm-hmm. the things they were saying wasn't making much sense. But so I watched The Exorcist when I was like seven years old. 
As first time, first time, yeah, like okay. 16, 17, something like that. This really right wing um, minister, and I watch it. And what I loved about The Exorcist is it was about these priests who who were losing their faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, he's losing. Kerrigan's losing his yeah. faith, and he still goes forward and does the right thing. And he does the one thing that I love in that movie is he does the one thing that Christians won't do. What Christians like to do is they like to judge and stand above morality. But what he does is what Jesus actually does in the Bible, which is self-sacrifice. So he actually says to Reagan, come out of her and come into me. And then when it comes into him, he jumps out the window and kills himself mm-hmm. and then frees them all of the demon. And I remember seeing that. I, I was just like, oh, that's awesome. It's deeds over beliefs. I was like, this is great. This is cool. Mm-hmm. And I went to this pastor <laughs> and I told him, I was like, hey, I think I kind of want to be a pastor now. Yeah, I get <laughs> I it like, now. Because yeah. of the extras. And what he said to me, he said, I shouldn't watch that movie because it's evil. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, like, no. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. Oh, so, wow. but yeah, that movie it really had an impact on me. Hmm. I love that story. That's a, that's a dope story. Yeah. Uh, it kind of this the Exorcist reminds me of another movie that I thought was a. There's been a lot of paranormal possession movies that are horrible. Like I would say, ninety five percent of them are horrible. But I thought the Exorcism of Emily Rose was a pretty decent one too. Yeah, that's um, uh, with uh, why I'm forgetting her name. It's uh, Jennifer Carpenter. Yes, thank you. And then, like, I mean, she just the way she contorts her body. Um, and sometimes, and I maybe I shouldn't be this way. Sometimes I can't take horror films seriously if I know the actors. And I was like, uh, oh, like the well, right with Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, sir Anthony Hopkins, stop it. Um, like, you I say just because that's be like no names. Yeah, or yeah. Like, could... I, it's it, it's really hard for me to get into it. And I had seen. Jennifer Carpenter actually in White Chicks which like made it even, <laughs> even worse for me I'm like this is a bitch from White Chicks whatever but she oh, I just chick. I fell in love with her uh, after the exorcism of Emily Rose and then it's based on a true story also mm-hmm. um, and so I think there's something about you know these movies that are based on you know true, true stories story, yeah. that you know like Stigmata was like that too well, that yeah. one was good. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> but the concept of it. Yeah, also. I like Patricia Arquette. That movie was horrible. horrible. While we're on Emily Rose, if I can give a recommendation, yeah, cool. um, mm-hmm. so it is based on a true story. But there's actually two movies based on that true story, and Emily Rose is good. Mm-hmm. And there's another one. It was a German film called Requiem that was based on the oh, exact, yeah. exact yeah, same story. I think story. I've seen that, seen that one, one too. So yeah. if you are like interested in that base story, that's a good one to punch, like a good movie mm-hmm. night to watch Emily Rose and Requiem back then. Yeah, because the priest went to prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting in Requiem though is it keeps the supernatural stuff kind of questionable like it mm-hmm. doesn't get kind of yeah it does, the it's not as like aspect. in your face that you well, and it's also it keeps it open that it might be something mm-hmm. that's going on in her head yeah. while emily rose very much mm-hmm. says that she's possessed yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah i like that okay, one yeah, that did not make the the top 20 at least it might be somewhere else on this top 100 list but i would actually um amend my list to add emily rose yeah at least okay. to my top 20 um number three along the same lines a roman polanski film Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby, man. That's yeah. a, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought that I heard that there was going to be a remake of that one. Didn't they remake it before? Like a few, like maybe in the nineties or something. Early two thousands, maybe. I'm not there sure. was a it was a, a show, I think. I think they did a, a, a maybe a that's sh- what it is a TV a show. On it, yeah. Rosemary's Baby was sixty eight. Yeah, with but Mia Farrow. They did some. Maybe they did. Uh, they did. Look at what's happening to Rosemary's Baby with Patty Duke. Mm. In 1976. Yeah, that's not recent. Uh, a remake was was briefly considered in 2008. Okay. okay. It fell through. Okay. And then they 
did NBC made a four hour Rosemary Baby miniseries with Zoe Saldana as Rosemary. Oh, fuck that's no. it. Okay, yeah, that's Hell what no, I was, I'm sorry. I don't want to see that shit. What's the one with Demi Moore? Um, it was. It kind of reminded me of Rosemary's Baby. One of, it was an early movie in her career. Was it, uh, Dante? Was it Ghost? Is it Dante? <laughs> oh, no, the, the, the Omen. No, she wasn't in. She wasn't in the Omen. Um, all, what I, you know, which I think should be on this list. Oh my God, what was it called? Is it Dante? No, it was not Dante. I'm sorry. Oh, this is gonna bother me. Keep keep talking while yes, I look this I mean, up. Not the seven, the seven sign. Mm-mm. Not ghost. It's gotta be. It would have been way before ghost. Oh, um, way before ghost. We talking about parasite. Oh, is it young doctors? Is oh. it the seventh sign? Yeah, I think it's seventh sign. Okay. Let's see. It's Abby. Yeah, it's the seventh Seven. sign. Okay. Yeah. Because she um, has a baby or whatever, right? Yes, it reminded me of Rosemary's Baby, but not you know, a good version of it. Rosemary's Baby also gets considered a feminist horror movie. It's, it's some people read it as an analogy for postpartum depression. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, which I've heard that before. I've heard that before. It's also the movie that saved Roman Polanski's life because Sharon Tate was killed while he was yeah. making it overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even think about yeah. that. But that's yeah. the movie that was going on. With, yeah. So he was the Manson family. Yeah, the Manson family yeah. killed Tate. And then. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Have y'all seen the new um, Tarantino movie? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Did you Once see Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. I liked it. Interesting flip with the way they flipped the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the ending the best. Damn. I did not realize that. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just never ever realized that yeah. these were going on at the same exact time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he was making. So that's where he, that's why he was gone because he was making this movie. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wow. And after that, like after she was killed, he stopped making because I was 68, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he stopped making movies until. Chinatown, which was like China. That's my favorite movie from this Chinatown. Yeah, Chinatown is probably favorite. as much as I love Rosemary's Baby. Chinatown is just yeah. excellent. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that, man. So, what do you? I mean, I guess this the film is really. I mean, it kind of kicked off the whole baby, the crazy baby thing, right? The crazy baby movies. Yeah. When was the Omen made? <laughs> I mean, it was like seventy yeah, six, maybe. But they had like five of them or something. That's Dante is in the Omen. It's like Dante. five of them. Like the Omen. Damien. Damien, no, I'm almost saying Dante. I don't know who Dante. I'm thinking Dante's oh. Inferno in my mind. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. No, Damien, Damien is one there. So, um, Omen was '76, yeah. Oh wow, that's right. Eight, eight damn near ten years after this. Oh God, what is this remake with Liev Schreiber and Julia Stiles? That sounds like something I never want to see. I think I remember that. Oh, that, so you, oh, you saw this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I remember that. You sound like, the, like some fan fiction thing that you put together. I'm going to put Julia Stiles. You know, I do Lee not Schreiber. like Julia Stiles <laughs> at all. Ever since that movie. Uh, uh, Save the Last Dance? Yes, I was done with her. <laughs> That's why everybody just stopped liking oh her. Oh, my Save God. Last Dance. I saw, I mean, I liked her in 10 Things I Hate About You. Save the Last Dance came out. I was done with her forever. So you didn't like her in any of the um, born films? I don't like her in nothing. Yeah. I don't like her. She like anything. pops up. It's like she was in Hustlers, which I saw recently. Oh, she was what in Hustlers? It? Wasn't she in Hustlers? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's in at, Hustlers? Yeah, I'm like, this. she's like my age, and she looks like 50. She looks terrible. Oh, she looks She looks bad in there? Is she, she looks like, so bad. Does she run the club? Is she no, got, no. She's, no, she's no. probably one she's of the strippers? She's a reporter. Yeah, reporter. No, you, she is not a stripper. Come on. Oh, no, no I'm just, I didn't know. I mean. No, no, she is. She's one of the reporters. She's a reporter. She's reporting the story and interviewing uh, Jennifer Lopez and the Asian chick whose name I can't remember. Oh, she doesn't look. No. Oh, she. I def. So I definitely do not want to see her in one of my favorite, a remake of one of my favorite movies. It sounds like torture. Mary Baby. Fuck no. No, the Omen. Oh, the Omen. (laughs) I would like to see her remake anything that'd be funny like that. (laughs) 
Like, man, she, re- <laughs> she remade that Rosemary and she produced it and directed it. Oh, God, no. I just want her <laughs> just to, go to put away. No, I'm saying that'd be funny. She you saw it on Lord of Wounds, like, she produced and directed the, <laughs> the Omen. Like, I mean, this is maybe my passion project. No. <laughs> like, oh, this like, oh, this is going to be real bad. Well, as soon as somebody that should not be directed said, this has been my passion yeah. project, that's when you know it's going to be bad. She is on my annoying actresses list with Katherine Heigl. They're at the top. No, what's the other one that really gets on my nerves? The one from the uh, what's the um, the uh, Catching Fire and all those movies, those teen movies. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, man, she gets on my. I like Jennifer nerves. Lawrence. She gets on my nerves, man. <laughs> I really dislike that woman, man. I have no reason oh why. My God. I really have no kind. Con- I do not like looking at her face. Okay. Do you like Winter's Bone? No, you know, like nothing. She <laughs> you know, like you're that one. <laughs> she, uh, well, part of it is because she really messed up the X Men with her Mystique character. Okay. Because she, how did she re- mess it up? Because she refused to wear. She didn't want to wear the Mystique costume, so that's why you would see Mystique in regular stuff. Street clothes. Yeah, and Mystique's whole character was like, "I don't want to be that," like and I want to be. I want. I'm going to be blue because I am blue. She was like, "I don't want to do that." Mm. So Mystique's going to be mostly a regular person. Whatever. <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> I don't like you. All right, back to the mm-hmm. list. Number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We oh, about that. Matt, I was talking. Were we talking about on Mike? Yeah, we're talking okay. About yeah. yeah, so yeah, that movie is just incredible. It is. Um, it's just like unrelenting. It it, it you know was kind of like that um that rule. It was like this form of filmmaking called rural panic, where it's like it's like city people or um, you know people from um, nicer areas who go out in the middle of nowhere and who knows what's going to happen to them. You know, Hills Have Eyes kind of followed that mm-hmm. formula yeah. too. And like watching these city slickers, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it is just incredible. It's brutal. It's such great filmmaking because, like, like nothing. You don't really see much. Like everything. Is so just implied. Yeah, it's so chaotic. It, like if I was teaching a, a film class, I would tell directors, people who want to direct, to watch that movie and watch what you feel when you watch it, but what you're actually seeing, and you're not really seeing that much. You're just seeing things that anybody can do, but what you're feeling is is you're feeling what the director wants you to feel. Like you're feeling people get set up on hooks, but in reality, you're just seeing like cuts together where they're not actually being put on those hooks, and. You know that movie, the one scene, that probably has the scariest scene, or the most unsettling scene to me in any movie, and it's when they the first time you see um, Leatherface, and it's when they walk in, and if you guys remember this, like somebody's they come in, and they're like hello, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. out of nowhere you see Leatherface come in with a hammer, hit him in the head, mm-hmm. and then close the door. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all and, and that's all. It's the first time, and as the audience, you're like. What, what was heck? that? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just brilliant directing, brilliant filmmaking. Leatherface. All right. Can you guess number one? The Shining. Yeah. It had to be. I mean. Yeah. It had to be on the list. I do have some beats with this movie. Yeah, okay. Too. Just one. What's that? And I'm racial. Um, <laughs> Why the black man have to die? Oh yeah, and not only did he have to die, his only purpose was to bring him the the, yeah. the, the thing to ride out on. Yeah, the snow rider. It was part. I mean, like <laughs> nobody else really died in here. Yeah, but him. <laughs> I mean, that was just my. Thing. I mean, I know in the book it's a little bit deeper than that, and a lot more going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in um, you know, 
That's just, that's all. Everything else is. Perfect. I mean, that's kind of what the movie says because once he, he he gets the thing that they can leave on the, mm-hmm. the wife and the kid that can leave on the movie was like we don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he drives an axe in him and kills him. Yeah, and, peace and, out. Sorry, and I forgot that brother's oh, name. No, I forgot that brother's name too. He's been in a lot. It's of uh, Skatman. Skatman Carruthers. Yeah, yeah that's Skatman right. Yeah. yeah, man, y'all gonna kill Skatman Carruthers like that, man. <laughs> This is another movie I need to see again as an adult. I don't think I've seen it as, since I was a teenager. And I especially want to see it since Dr. Sleep is coming out soon. Yeah. What is Dr. Sleep? That is November Wait, what is, what is, what is oh, oh, it's uh, the sequel. It's where mm-hmm. the, the kid has grown up. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that the book? Is that a book? Or is yeah, it's a, a book. It's a Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. I, Whoa. I never so read the book. So the kid, so hold on. So the kid, so it's about the kid? Danny? Yeah, it's uh, played by Ewan McGregor in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but like he's... So what's the concept? So, so the concept is it's it's a group of vampires who are going around and and hunting people who have the shining because they feed off the power of it. And I'm trying to go in knowing as little as I haven't read the book yet. All I know is like Stephen King has endorsed it. Stephen King says it's great, mm-hmm. um, and I've heard some pretty good early festival buzz about it. But from the trailer, it looks like the enemies the the, the antagonists aren't the things that the overlook it looks like it's these vampires that feed off people who have the shining but they go to the overlook and it looks to me like he's going to the overlook to get help like it's looking like it almost looks like the things in the overlook are going to be his allies wow because like in the trailer at the end of it after he's fi- after you see he's been fighting with these vampires he gets to the hotel and he falls to the ground and then you see the feet of the little girls and you hear them say hello Danny and it's like and it's like he went to them he went to them so I don't know maybe I'm completely wrong maybe I'm seeing the trailers wrong it comes out November 8th what's it called Dr. 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 Sleep Sleep. actually it comes out tomorrow oh shoot hang on does it yeah Um, it comes to St. Louis November 8th okay so yeah in some places it starts tomorrow yeah I can't wait to see it um Tiffany and I also played the Shining Twins one year for Halloween. Yeah. That'd be funny if y'all redid that again. (laughs) But y'all be like the other, the different characters, y'all change the characters, but do one movie and like commit for like three or four years to do different characters for one movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And just switch it up. Then then it shows like a collage of all the different movies as all the characters y'all play. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it'd have to be like an ensemble movie. Yeah. I mean, that's what most of our costumes have been for movies, so. How early do you plan these? Um, usually a couple months in advance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, some are there any movies that didn't make this top twenty that you think should have that we haven't already Killer mentioned? Killer Clowns from Outer Space, man. I don't know why this is a travesty that they didn't have this in here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not. I mean, I mean, I could. I mean, I'm sure Candyman is in there somewhere, probably around thirties or forties, maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Candyman's better than some of those movies that were named. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say Poltergeist is better. Oh, Poltergeist is a good one. Man. Do you guys believe in that um, that uh, legend about the, the, the movie being cursed? Because of her dying? Yeah, didn't like a couple of people die from that movie? Yeah, well, she died because her parents were crazy Christian scientists. Yeah, so, uh, she so had some kind of, I thought she had some form she of. She got sick, right? But she so got I didn't even, but I didn't know this part. Sick, and, and her parents were like Christian scientists. Unless this is just a rumor I heard. From what I heard. And they wouldn't give her any medication. Yeah, look it up to make sure I'm not saying anything wrong. But from what I understand, and what I heard is that. I thought she had a kidney disease. Okay. But he said that they Maybe were medical treatment, though. Yeah. Look it up, because I don't want to say anything wrong. But yeah. I remember hearing that, I thought, as a kid. 
Uh, there's other people who died. Um, uh, you know, part three is kind of a lot, a lot of people like part three. In part three, you have that older character who haunts her, mm. and he had cancer while that movie was going. That's why he looked that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But he had cancer. He died afterwards. But I mean, they cast the guy with cancer, so yeah, Heather O'Rourke. Yeah, but Poltergeist is great. Poltergeist was part of that like movement of suburban horror. Yeah, they're like like you're, like the it, suburbs aren't safe for you either. The suburbs aren't safe, but it was also like an indictment of people moving to the suburbs where you're like going on the land that you shouldn't be in, and you're you know you can get away from the city all you want, but you're not away from you're not you're not completely free. Like where you're not free away. Yeah, completely free from where you where you came. Yeah, like like you're you're moving on places you shouldn't be. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about her parents being Christian scientists. She had Crohn's disease, okay. and they said she was on medication throughout the second okay, so film, no, she, which yeah. is why her face was so puffy. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I heard that, but it might have just been a rumor. The Russo brothers are doing a remake. Of Poltergeist? No, they directed Didn't they already do it? They did a remake, remake recently, yeah. Is that what the one they said? They said they announced the Russo brothers would helm a new remake of the franchise. Oh, gosh. And, they, and that was announced April of this year. Yeah, another movie that um, I wonder if it's on the list somewhere is The Conjuring. Um, and I heard that weird things were happening to those people too. Really? Yeah. And I was in Connecticut this year and I wanted to go to the Warren's house, the museum that they have with all the different possessed artifacts and it was closed. Um, but there are rumors that like weird things were happening to people that went to that museum and were, you know, disturb, trying, you know, disturbing it. Um, and the Annabelle movie that came out this year, um, I thought was pretty good too. That's part of that franchise. I don't know if it you know deserves to be in top twenty, but, but yeah, those but are some of the so is, more do you modern. Guys, have, you guys have like. any new modern horror? That yeah, I was gonna say those are those are some of the newer ones that I like. Um, the Conjuring series. Um, I had mixed feelings about Hereditary. Um, that's have you seen this? <laughs> Hereditary, I loved. Yeah, I loved Hereditary. Um, okay, so that was one of those movies that uh, is an example of what I don't like about some horror films, where I thought it started out really great. You don't know, like what is driving this evilness and then it just kind of seemed like that they got lazy with writing or didn't know how to end it and like oh we're just gonna make it witches <laughs> um, then it just came out of nowhere it was witches yeah which is what happened with the paranormal activity series and so I just I didn't care for that I liked everything leading up to the ending yeah I, I, I didn't I really haven't gotten to a lot of newer newer horror like the conjurings or any of those you know big jump scare kind of that's the new style of the jump scare yeah the you know, hereditary wasn't even jump scare the I hate to give it away if you haven't seen it but if you even heard about it like you I guess you know that this scene is in it but the little girl has um, some allergy issues and she goes to a party with her brother that seems pretty great I don't know yeah and you know has something that she's allergic to and she's choking and so her brother is like rushing to take her to the hospital and she sticks her head out the window and you just hear a thump. And you don't know what has happened. And I just thought this scene was so great. Like, you don't know what has happened, but he looks in the rearview mirror and he is just a, a ghost. And so he drives home, gets in the bed, and, like, goes to sleep. And you're like, what the fuck happened? And you realize the next day that when she put her head out the window, she hit it on this post and is decapitated. And so, so he she's is... she's walking around with a little head. No, he just left her sitting in the back seat <laughs> that would be awesome. of the car. No, he just left her sitting in the backseat of the car. So the next morning, her... Oh, so the, he didn't trip off of the day. No, he was just in shock. In shock like, what yeah. do you do? Oh, like, like, what do you yeah, do yeah. at that point? Like, you can't go to the hospital. Like, I mean, she doesn't have a head. So, I mean, he, he just gets up, he just goes upstairs and goes to bed. And so her parents, their parents wake up the next morning. 
the mom was played by Tony Collette, who I absolutely, absolutely love, is like, what the mm-hmm. fuck happened? And goes out to the car and it's just her decapitated daughter sitting in the back seat. But the sequence of shots is yeah. such great filmmaking. It's done so like, well. Again, if I taught a directing class, I would mm-hmm. tell people to watch that scene because it goes yeah. from her head coming off, but you just hear the thump. Yeah. Like you don't see, you hear the thump, and then you see the character. He's in shock, what you're saying. <laughs> he goes home, and the film just stays on the character. And the film like almost like gaslights the audience, yeah. where the audience is like, did that really happen? Yeah. And then the reveal shot is just like this extreme close-up with the head on the ground, mm-hmm. the screaming of the mother, and there's ants covering the face. Mm-hmm. And it is such a, just like this, this jolting close-up that mm-hmm. ooh, destroyed me when I watched mm-hmm. it. So. And this came out recently? This last year. This was, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, okay. this 2018, was, uh, right? 17. It, it was because okay. uh, Ari Aster, he had a new movie this year, Midsummer, and him and... Uh, I've Midsummer's would be crazy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So him and Peel are on the same thing where every year they, they keep coming out with, like, like 2017, 2000... So the alternate years, you're saying basically the alternate yeah. years. Almost. And they're really good friends, too, and they really promote each other's movies, and they talk about how they're just going to keep trying to make movies the same years uh, every time because they are probably the two best horror filmmakers right now yeah 2018 um i absolutely love gabriel byrne too yeah he was great in it yeah so yeah i need to see midsummer too yeah um oh at least this little girl is starting to look better because i was like this little girl is just scary in herself she is not an attractive young woman this, is, this is the actress that plays a girl in the movie oh yeah she yeah, yeah. Puberty, puberty's helping her she's looking a little bit better That's good she's doing the stage right now <laughs> I'd say for modern horror, um, there are some great ones. Um, that, and, and some of them are, I mean, there's some that are great that everyone knows about, so I'll kind of skip those. But first, I'm like lesser known, one, lesser known ones for people. Yeah. Um, Let the Right One In, I think, is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a French movie called Inside that I recommend everybody watching. It is a Christmas horror movie, which is, I was or saying, it could be a porno. Um, it could be a porno. Sure you have the right, <laughs> make sure you're in the right category on your, on your search. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, and make sure you're in the right area. Uh, but it, it's a uh, it's a Christmas horror movie, which is something I love, and it's about a woman who is pregnant, and one day a w- another woman knocks on her door, and she doesn't know what she wants, but you soon find out that the woman outside wants to cut her baby out of her, like it's revealed right away, and it becomes like this home invasion movie where this crazy woman's trying to get in, woman nine months pregnant, um, yeah. is trying to protect herself and her baby, and it's, it's a masterpiece. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a French movie. It's a French movie, yeah. It came out in like 2007, I think. Um, I would say Funny Games is an, an Austrian movie, but there was a remake. There was an American remake um, that is great also. Um, there's a Spanish movie called Wreck that is great. It's a found footage movie about zombies that is Probably my favorite found footage movie besides Blair Witch. It's a zombie found footage. Mm-hmm. It, it's That's about um, um, this, this this show where they film people who um, who work overnight and they are following firefighters who work overnight and then they go into an apartment complex that's run overrun by zombies and then the the show keeps going and keep filming and it's just insane. Um, so anyways, yeah, it's just some of my some of my favorites. All right. Raven, let us know where they can hit you up at. On Instagram, Miss Culture, M S C U L T U R E. Paul, where can I hit you up? And how's the documentary going? Uh, good, good. We are, we're just going through footage right now and trying to um, put stories together. So it's going pretty where well. Where can I hit you up at? Uh, Twitter, at PC Hubbard. Okay. Make sure y'all hit us up, Lando Cal Pod on Twitter, and Lando Cal Risen Experience on Facebook. Let us know what y'all think of y'all top 20 movies and what are your Avengers list of villains um and we will see y'all soon